Well, welcome back to the Miles Driven with me, Miles. And Head of Technology, Sam. Head of Technology. After the afternoon, we have had Sam <laughs> trying to figure out how to work things on everything tech that's ever been created is useless and not connected properly. Yes, so I would like to start this podcast with an announcement. Um, it's quite a somber moment. Oh, yeah. As we here at the Miles Driven yeah. have taken the difficult but necessary step and made a decision that we are going to part ways with our head of technology, effective immediately. So I am resigning from my post. That it? Yeah, well, I thought we were taking a moment of silence, but obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, he's not going. his voice isn't going anywhere. You can still hear him. No, we, we, we are looking for a head of technology, though, because it appears that my podcasting colleague is about as useful as a car with no brakes on a 90 degree slope uh, i think in the situation where you were on a 45 degree slope with no brakes yeah. you still got to your destination okay so sometimes yeah but that but, was me not you right so. <laughs> okay yeah no we've had we've had an absolute nightmare with trying to get um so if you listen to the podcast and you also watch us on youtube we had a few new videos that we've been trying to sort of crop together and some of it was done on sam's phone and that caused us no end of problems. The fact that Sam uses Android and I use iPhone seems to just be as if two different <laughs> planets have created technology and no one wants to put them together. And then if you've got files that are too large and all that sort of stuff, it just, I know we're a car podcast, but blimey, didn't think it would be that difficult. So on today's car podcast, oh, actually, Sam, have you got anything for today's car podcast? Yeah, you have, you've got it written you in have, front of actually, you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shall we start with your stuff, and then yeah. we'll go on to <laughs> to me, because I think mine is like I've got little um, little bits of car news. Yeah, well, I thought we'd bring back the Formula One for a yeah, bit I of Formula that... One news, which is obviously while, we're a few weeks it? late with this yeah. discussing it. Anyway, um, it's not like we're announcing it as breaking news. No, but since it's around Christmas time now. And the season's finished. Yeah. It seemed like a good time Just to have a conversation. Wanted to have a quick discussion about what we think um, Bonotto leaving Ferrari is going to mean for I think Ferrari so. and next season. I just think that's such a bizarre decision. I know Ferrari have been, made themselves out to be like the joke of yeah. the paddock. But I don't really see how it's connected to Bonotto because he has to listen to a strategy team. Yeah, they tell him what to do. Well, it's like anything, isn't it? The head. It's, it's, same it's always like football. The, the, yeah. the managers always want to get yeah. sacked. Do you know how long he's been there? Right. So he, I remember seeing some footage of him when he was much younger, and I think Michael Schumacher's in the in the footage. So I'm going to say 20 years. Is that your final answer? Uh, Do you want to guess a year from when he started? Oh, uh, what are we in? 20, so we'll be in 2023 very shortly. Let's say 2004. So that would be 19 years. Incorrect. Uh, 2000. Incorrect. Oh, um. I'm pretty sure he was there for the Schumacher years. So, 2000... Uh... Incorrect. <laughs> 1994. Yep. Ooh. Again, do you know what? We were talking about this on our YouTube video earlier. If you were on Ken Bruce's show on Radio oh. 2, you'd get a one-year-out T-shirt. It was 1995? Yes. Well so, he's been there 27, 28 years. That's a long time to be somewhere. And you think of all the roles that he's done. Wow, yeah. He's got, like, a comprehensive understanding of the whole company. So, he's Ferrari through and through. He's almost, yeah. probably his entire working career. I mean, he looks like some sort of mad professor. He does, yeah. But he's that was sort of part of the charm. Yeah, it was. 
I'll tell you what, I know this is probably going to be a very weird crossover, but now, obviously, I watched this due to my wife watching it. So, if you've ever watched... <laughs> oh, that's it, yeah. If you've ever Chuck watched First Dates yeah. Hotel, which oh, I know I you haven't, there's a woman on that. What and is she's, it? What's the premise of this well, program? First Dates is uh, basically people just go there and, and have they'll a apply... Date. Yeah, yeah. Then right. you, you watch them. Okay. Um, but this is like the hotel version. It's in Italy, I think. But there's a, there's a, um, like a maitre d' sort of host person in the hotel there that looks exactly like him so much really? so that we started calling him Mat- her matia brilliant but yeah anyway that was just a little tidbit but i just yeah i just think it's an odd decision i think yeah i agree with you i i know that they might you like okay like you say it's always the top that goes yeah but what did ferrari kind of expect this season they expected to win possibly but red well, bull was were... a bit of a stretch wasn't it i, I mean they had they probably had the better car to be honest Certainly at the for, start of the season yeah. but then Red Bull caught them up and surpassed them pretty quick and but if they hadn't messed up as many times as they did they'd have had a reasonable lead you've got to think Red Bull had a few DNFs at the beginning of the season they did so. and Mercedes also were off the pace until yeah. about halfway through the season but even then they they would like they'd come second or third in one race and then they'd both go out in Q1 yeah, in the next race. yeah, yeah. still very strange um, if you've seen some people <laughs> There's a theory online now that Vettel's going to come back as, a, there as the team principal. But I can't see that happening. I don't know what Vettel is. Vettel is definitely going to do something. You don't know what Vettel is? God. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Vettel is definitely going to do something in Formula 1. I just, I've got no idea what it is going to be. No. I Maybe know he's going to take over take... as the, um, just the head honcho of Formula 1. Yeah, that, could, that would probably be more... I think he's going to want a break. Like a, a, First a rule will be to change certain race results, like 2019 Canada or 2018, <laughs> whichever day, whichever year 18. it was. Um, but yeah, what? So he's uh, going to mark himself back as the winner yes. of a race. Yeah, <laughs> and then the knock-on effect was he won every championship since. Yeah, okay, that would that would be an interesting way to yeah. start. Yeah, I nine-time world champion. <laughs> that would make you, that would be a way of making yourself the most unpopular person at the FIA. Only with certain fans. Uh, yeah, I mean Vettel fans would be there, like, yeah. well, best FIA referee ever. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, it's, I, I don't really have a lot to say or many opinions for. So I just, I just think it's a crazy decision. Yeah, I mean, if they, I, I'd understand if they had someone in the wings who we could kind of see for the last. Let's Kimmy? say. Oh, well, so <laughs> a man of few can, words. I was say, can you imagine him as team principal? Yeah. Go. The interviews would be brilliant. Oh yeah, how was how was the race day, Kimmy? Good. Yeah, yeah. Well, you you finished last, and both cars are on fire. Bad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I just there isn't anyone that I can think of at Ferrari that say been there for a decade in the second spot that we've all sort of looked and thought, oh okay, one day that will be torch passing. And you know what, Bonotto's not had the season that people would have hoped, so. There it yeah. is. I don't know. I don't know that Ferrari have that. I don't. No, I don't think so. They don't. Yeah. So it it seems like an odd decision. Did you think it was a surprise where Ferrari ended up? Because yes. obviously Red Bull <laughs> winning. I I wasn't that surprised that Red Bull won the season. No. Um. I kind of I know that Ferrari had the initial pace and and things were going in the right direction for them, but it you don't normally see the world champions like completely fall off a cliff and no, Red no, Bull were sort not. of there or thereabouts from the beginning mercedes they say it took them a bit of time to find their consistency and then when they did they well were... i think they just tried too much to be different with their design 
Yeah, because everybody had... was going down a similar route, and they said well, we're going to go a completely different route, and they ended up. That was the side pods, wasn't it? Yeah, but they, they stuck with it for so long. Yeah, trying seems... to make trying yeah. to sort of engineer around. Just it. a bit stubborn. It probably explains why um, whatever connections there are, I think well there were more connections than ever for Mercedes engined teams, because whatever you want to say about copycatting and all that sort of stuff, yeah. because of the way the engine was set up this year and the, the chassis, if you had certain Mercedes parts in your car. Yeah, had to design a, a, something that was basically the same as them mm -hmm. to make it all fit. And so for teams like Aston Martin, who had one design at the start of the season, thought that would work, very quickly realised it wasn't compatible, <laughs> but then had to do like a reverse of, well, what are Mercedes doing? And it's like, well, they don't know. Yeah. Because they're still busy fiddling with the original design, which you're trying to get away from because you've realised quicker than they have that this isn't going anywhere. Yeah, precisely. Do you think... Do you think Vettel will be disappointed with his last, let's say, half of a season in Formula One, being that... No, it, it probably not. Because I think he, he some, knew that the car was tosh. wasn't there. Well, the, the odd thing was is that he had some performances last year yeah, where he got on the podium. And actually, if things had gone slightly different in the races, I think it was um, Azerbaijan, if things yeah. had gone slightly different in he the race, won, he, may, yeah. Yeah, he might have even been on the top step. So... Seems a little bit odd that I think the best he got this season was a fifth. Yeah, quite possibly. I don't know. Did he get a podium? He didn't get a podium this year, did he? I can't think he got a podium. No, I can't. Like, it, I think I think you would have been celebrating that. Yeah, so loudly. But no, it was Aston Martin were just a bit of a disappointment from start to finish, weren't they? Yeah, they just were. They just weren't there. Um, they they were sort of ahead of the back, but too far behind the front. The one team actually I want to bring up that I thought were a bit of a they weren't more disappointing but considering how well they've been doing and what then happened i don't really get it which and particularly because of their parent team um alpha tauri yeah i thought you were going to say that it, it's so bizarre because red bull went in the right i mean as i say they had the start of the season catching mm -hmm. up a little bit then went in the right direction alpha tauri for the last five years with improving 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 yeah. improving they turned up this year and it was as if i don't know and they've lost their main man now as well. So Yeah, Gasly's gone to Alpine. Yeah. Which I suppose, that means they've got two Two French drivers, but they don't like each other. Are they not? No. Oh, I didn't know that. No. Oh, I didn't know there was a, was a bit of a rivalry. Yeah, I saw a thing saying when you finally get an all-French driver set up at your French team, but they'd hate each other. <laughs> Brilliant. That'll be an interesting team, actually, from the aspect of it being all French. I mean, obviously, yeah. it's a British... Well... It's a British-French team because their their actual headquarters and stuff is yeah in the UK. Yeah. But I think they also have France. They're, do you know what they are? They're Concorde, Sam. Yeah. Let's hope the French don't ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> they have to win next year. Now. If, if you're sitting up and you're just like, what's similar to what you are? Oh, Concorde. You're going to come with a very radical... Um... Car design, yes, next and year. engines. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we brought back. Uh, this is a V12. In case anyone, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Any, anyway, if what was uh, I was gonna say, have you got any more for the only, the only other thing for Formula One? Was turning into an end of season review. <laughs> yeah, no, the only other thing I would be I was interested about was Alonso's choice to leave. Yeah, uh, to go to Aston Martin, which seemed to me to be very interesting. Yeah, me. we thought that when Vettel went there. So I wonder if it's just they they sell things very well. And that's what I was then wondering. You get, then you get yeah. there, and it's just like, oh no, they are rubbish. And unless there is something, I mean, I can't. Why would he step out of Alpine? Uh, sorry, Alpine. If 
I don't, I don't, I don't think he he's got been, on with Ocon very well either I don't this year, think, did he? No, no. I don't think he did. And I think there were certain probably elements of the team that he seemed to not get on with. But at the end of the day, he was rocking up some real results. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean. <laughs> but there's only so much that he's going to be willing to. Willing to do, yeah. It's like being a world-class footballer, a distinctly average mid-table team. And then you're just getting frustrated because you know you're so much better. But there's only so much the team can give you. But then it can go to Aston Martin. I mean, I suppose the problem is yeah, the door yeah. to Ferrari and Mercedes and uh, Red Bull is probably not open. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, so He's doing a bit of a Ricardo, really, isn't he? Just I was just about around. to say, the only other driver I want to talk about, Ricardo, who is not going to be on the grid next year, but he is. Unless Perez leaves. I was going to say, but <laughs> he is the, essentially the third driver of Red yeah. Bull. Like, he's stepped into that space. Good idea? You think? I don't think he should have left. I think if it... Whatever. I think he, I've seen an interview with him where he says he doesn't have regrets in life and mm. he stands by all the decisions he made. He, although, interestingly, he did say maybe the McLaren move might not have been the best of ideas, but, you know, we go with it. But I think even he, if he was honest with himself, would say, all right, I wasn't the number one driver at Red Bull. I wasn't going to be the when number Verstappen one driver. When Verstappen came in, yeah. you're talking about, yeah. But I wasn't the number one driver at Renault. I definitely wasn't the number one driver at McLaren. No, the, the odd thing is, the, the funny thing when you say that is, my assumption kind of was that when he went to McLaren, that he was going to get that yeah. step. But Norris, fair play to him, showed that it wasn't going to be that easy. So just... would he rather have stayed at Red Bull? Actually, sorry, but when he went to Renault, yeah. he was supposed to be their number one. Do you remember the whole big thing about all the promises? Yeah, he was, but... It, it faded yeah. really quick. They couldn't put anything underneath him, could they? No. So I think if he was honest with himself, he'd he'd probably say... Maybe I should have stayed at Red Bull. And, you know, I'd have been fighting for podiums and probably victories and come in second, third, fourth, maybe even challenging for the championship. It's like, a... sure, surely in that, in that scenario, do you want to be it performing average at an average mid-level team or do you want to be performing average if that's all you can achieve? But that's not Yeah, at a top team. Surely you'd want to be performing average at a top team. But I don't think you would. I think you'd have performed well at a top team. Yeah. I think it was a case of the grass is greener and he's realised yeah. now that he's gone round full circle and realised it isn't. I th- and maybe Red Bull have got the AstroTurf and everywhere else has just got a muddy field. <laughs> yeah. The one thing that gets me is that he is probably one of the most experienced drivers on the grid from the point of view he's driven every engine. Mm-hmm. He's driven for multiple teams that have different ethos of how they set yeah. up a car under some of the best sort of engineers and mechanics that they're like, I mean, they're all the top of the world mechanics and engineers, but some of the recognized names of engineers, like Adrian yeah. Newey, for example, he, he's kind of the only team he's not actually been in that you would kind of say, Oh, that would have been would is kind of Ferrari because yeah, definitely you don't really connect him with Mercedes so much. So it really is only Ferrari that's left, but he's been in a Ferrari engined uh, Toro Rosso at the very start of his career. Yeah, so it, it's just from a point of view of someone who's done it all. He is that kind of person who, you know, if you if Lewis Hamilton was the guy that went to a big firm mm-hmm. and started and just worked his way up and is now like the boss. Yeah. Ricardo would have been the guy who does two years in different jobs mm-hmm. because he wants the experience of different jobs, you know. And he's still just a mid-level. He's still mid-level because yeah. he hasn't been anywhere long enough to actually get that big promotion. It's it's a funny one. Um, Yeah, that's, that's it for Formula One, Sam, unless you've got anything else. I don't have anything else for Formula One. Okay. I've got a car that's going to blow your socks off, Sam. Is it a Koenigsegg? It's not a Koenigsegg. I'm not interested. It's a Rimac. 
Oh, I'm probably not interested. <laughs> the Rimac Navara. Right. Do you want to guess horsepower? Oh, it's all electric, isn't it's it? It's all electric. I'll give you the details um, of that in a second. But do you want to guess the 1700. horsepower? 1700. No. Less. No. 2500. No. <laughs> 2000. Uh, no. Somewhere 1850. Your... Not bad. Nine. <laughs> Point Eight, five. <laughs> 1888 brake horsepower. A recorded not 62 time, so this is not to 100 kilometers mm -hmm. for the proper not 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 to 60 because yes, yeah, not 62. Uh, a few electric car companies, particularly Tesla, re you know they they brought the not to 60 time official back. Yeah. For uh, I should say that I think in the US they always had not 60, but in in the, in the UK, yeah, we had not 62 because we were running it off the not to 100 kilometers that Europe used because mm -hmm. they're using kilometers. Um, but this is a naught to sixty-two time, one point nine seven seconds. Does it? Have you got a lot? A few stats there. Does it say yeah. how many Richard Hammonds it will kill? Uh, many, many, many. many. Okay. So I'll give. Um, I'll, unfortunately, because of the price, it becomes a bit just slightly uninteresting. Okay. But before it's, I give you the price, okay. I want to give you all the stats. Right. Top okay. speed. Top is speed is two hundred. Yes. And yeah, sixty. <laughs> Am I in the right tens? You're not in the right tens, Less. but you're very close. 70. 50. You're in, it's in the 50s. 58. Very good. So what so was the top um, Bugatti? I don't even know which Bugatti. Probably the Bugatti Zebra. Yeah, I th it's not the fastest car in the world. I think it's that... that, that I think to, to me, the the Veyron slash Chiron, which I think the Chiron was quicker, wasn't it? The Chiron will, was quicker, will be yeah. the Will always be the... And I think, actually, I think Koenigsegg might have got quite close with... I think Koenig, I think a lot of the big supercar or hypercar sure manufacturers. the fastest Koenig. Yeah, I was going to say at some point they've all hovered around the two fifty. It's yeah. just Bugatti were able to take it to the next step. Now, the obviously it hasn't got an, an engine in the conventional sense, but it does have a four wheel drive, which is supplied by two. So at the front, it has two two hundred and twenty kilowatt motors. Wow. And at the back, it has two 480 kilowatt motors. So it's got, obviously, each wheel is being driven by its own motor. But there's some huge amount of kilowatt hour, uh, sorry, kilowatt power coming out of these motors, which is you know, why you end up with this 1,888 brake horsepower. 50-50 weight distribution, wow. which is pretty impressive. I mean, I know... I don't want to say anything's easier or harder, but obviously they haven't got to put an engine in and then balance from there. It yeah. Is sort of, they, you know, they can... I'll just quit, but I'll let you carry on before we move on to this, but I have just Googled the fastest cars in the world, yeah. and we are quite a way off. I think <laughs> the Chiron got a 300. Yeah, well, it's fine. I'll come into that when you finish okay. with this. But... Right, 2,150 kilograms of weight, so it is heavy, but... Yeah, well, it would be with the batteries, I suppose, wouldn't it? Yeah. Good cornering. If we think about it from, you know, even like, you know, a Mercedes GL with a diesel engine of 10 years ago, it's still lighter than yeah. that. So I know obviously you really comparing huge SUVs to hypercars is probably not the right way to do it. And obviously it's double the weight of some of the ultra lightweight stuff that was around in the 80s. But that's not too bad. It's still heavy. But considering that I think a BMW M3 today is like 1,850 kilos. Yeah. It's not like this is a huge amount more weight, sort of, you know, two, 300 kilos added on. It's not the end of the world. Um, price, Sam. 
and I and I have to stress this price is plus taxes. Three. No. Four. Two. No. no bargain. Bargain. One. Then. Yeah. Point. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. Six. Whoa. Five. No. Eight. <laughs> Seven. All the numbers. <laughs> One point seven two million pounds. This is in pounds. Right. So Dewey Sterling. Yeah. Plus taxes. So for the UK, what you'd have to pay, you'd have to pay twenty percent VAT plus a load of registration fees plus some luxury car tax fees. So over two million all in. That's insane. The the problem for that is, and I know that when we were younger you had like things like the Ferrari Enzo and that was outrageous amounts of money. But whenever you're talking into the millions for a car, you know you're never going to see it. Yes, exactly. That's the only yeah. problem, isn't it? I, I know, you know how many times have you seen an Enzo on the road, but I actually have seen never. a, um, what am I thinking of, Sam? The Porsche, the 918, is it the 918? <laughs> oh, yeah. The hyper- yeah. I've yeah. actually seen one of those on the road. So, oh, have you? Yeah, it was, I've, I sent you a picture. I just came onto the M1 once, went round the lorry, and there was a 918 just overtaking wow. it very okay. steadily. I was like, wow. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, but the things like Lamborghinis, I've seen uh, Largos on yeah, the road. Yeah, I've seen a Carrera GT once. You have? Yeah. yeah. So th- I've there's... seen a Veyron once. Oh, yes. Once. Well, they, there's a service centre, I yeah. think. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I think this is the thing that when you're up to two million, you just know you're probably never going to see one. And so it almost is like, oh, it's really interesting statistic-wise. Unless you go to London. Yeah, you if you go to London and London. see one parked for a yeah. But even that, I mean, who wants to drive around London in a... Well, okay, if you've got two million quid to spend, probably don't care. Yeah. But, you know, just the point of view of... You could... Well, that's the other problem, I suppose. People who drive around London in hypercars want to be seen. Oh, and yeah. although this would catch status. your eye, it's silent. Oh, it's not yeah. silent. Okay, it's not. It's making a whirring noise from the motors, but it's not a Ferrari. Yeah. Where some bloke in a... An 812, when I was with my wife a while ago in London. He, he might as well have just been driving at five with his foot pinned to the floor in neutral. Yeah. You know, obviously he's doing it for the attention. And of people who, who want to do that, do that. I'm not sure. Although this, funny enough, would probably be better suited to crawling around London because it's electric. So it would just, yeah. you know, not use any of its power, really. Um, anyway. That was a car I thought you'd be hugely interested in. Right, so I'll follow on from that. So if that car was to blow my socks off, yep. the cars I have here will rip off your skin. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I'm quickly going to cover what is officially, well, what is the number one fastest car in the world. Okay. But I'm going to caveat that with it says, and the top speed here, it says alleged speeds. So I'm discount. Oh, I'm, I'm getting rid of it straight away. Okay. But that is a Devel 16 which apparently, do you want to guess the alleged top speed? 328. Even more. 347 what? miles an hour. Right, so we're going to discount that, where and we're going to go... The alleged speed, do they sort of give Why it... exactly? It's just, where did it come from? Nowhere. Right. So, what is the fastest commercially produced car in the world? I'll read the sentences, and then you can guess the names and figures. Yeah. The fastest commercially produced car in the world is the blank, 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 which can hit a top speed of blank... With a zero to sixty time of two point six seconds. I think that's a Chiron. You would be wrong. Is it going to? Do you want to go with the SSC the brand? No. Do you want to go with the brand or the speed first? So mm. this is can hit a top speed of. So has hit a top speed of. Hang on. If it says Hennessy, it doesn't. Right. I was going to say that doesn't count. 
Yeah. Because they set their record going one way and it was all yeah, very yeah. funny. Um, I don't know. The... I'll, I'll go with the top speed. Okay. I'm going to go over 300, 306. Okay. I'll read the sentence to you yeah. and then you can tell me it's all rubbish if you want. <laughs> the fastest commercially produced car in the world is the Koenigsegg Jesko Absolute, which can hit a top speed of 330 miles an hour or 531 kph with a 0 to 60 mile an hour time of 2.6 seconds. Have you found this on Koenigsegg's website? I haven't. It's on Lux Digital. I'm surprised it's not on samgoodship.com. <laughs> <laughs> it does the cost... Koenigsegg is the fastest car in the world it ever. It does cost 2.8 million. Blimey. But that's uh... impressive. Because I still thought the fastest cars in the world were doing about 260 miles an hour. <laughs> that's 330. What's... How is that recorded? I don't know. I haven't read into it. Okay. But have you got second fastest? Uh, no. Let's have a quick look at this Koenigsegg Jesko uh, speed. Let's just see if there's a. I do... Have you? Did you? They're, search... they're getting released next year. Oh, so it's not a production car. It's not a production car yet, but the there's moment. 125 during the next two years being produced, which is a lot for Koenigsegg. Yeah, that is a lot actually. For what was it? Two million quid. Yeah. Mm, that seems a bit. Allegedly develops one. Uh, eh? This is great. One seventeen hundred and sixty pounds of total downforce at one hundred and fifty-five mile oh, yeah. an hour. So it's the weight of rising the to a maximum of three thousand one hundred pounds at speeds exceeding one hundred and seventy. It's a nine-speed gearbox. This is yeah, so five-point-one liter twin-turbo V eight. Because they do things properly there. Hmm. Power it's... output's interesting. Twelve hundred and oh, it has. So okay, so you you run it off E eighty five and it has sixteen hundred horsepower. If you run it off regular fuel, I have just got twelve hundred eighty. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is it? Surely it must have some sort of hybrid, or is it not? No idea. I can't see any additional hybrid stuff there. It but... boasts a greater power density than the Bugatti Chiron Supersport. Because of its which weight. has an eight liter quad turbo W sixteen yeah, because it doesn't weigh much, which is fair. Um, if you can get all that power and put it in something light and make it so that it doesn't immediately spin off into it. Yeah, that's cool. Nice yeah. to see the best car brand in history <laughs> on top. It is funny when you're looking at gear ratios and you're going first gear, second gear, fifth gear, sixth gear, ninth gear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, I, so I was just trying to see if I could find this. Um... I'll have a look into it and I'll report back on the next podcast. Okay, that's That'll fine. be my homework for this week. So let me cross uh, out the Navara so I can move on to my next very short bit of news, which is Mini are talking about they want to make a car that's going to be a Volkswagen Golf rival. Right, so, so Mini aren't Mini anymore. It's just bizarre, isn't it? Like You have an area of the market that you're really well known for, and they have the Clubman as well. If yeah, which is too big. Bigger. But if they do want to go there, they've got Then they've got model. the Countryman. And they've got the Countryman. And I what? believe there's another variant of the Countryman, which is even bigger. Oh, yeah, there is. There's an uh, like a XL or something. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit like Fiat making the 500 XL, yeah. which is one of the most ugly cars I've ever seen in my life. It's bizarre when manufacturers get known for... like It's basically, they have a brand, they get a model, they get it really well known, and then they want to expand upon it to make more money. And I look, They've all got to make money, I understand that. But the trouble is, there is a point where you start to say, maybe you would just be better off selling the BMW 1 Series because Mini and BMW are the same company. Yeah. The 1 Series does that job. 
of being a Volkswagen Golf rival. Okay, a yeah. little bit more premium. But what's Mini? Are Mini going to compete on price? Like, it doesn't... I saw that and I was like, what Mini buyer is, is like, I just want a larger vehicle that's still... That it, when I saw the pictures, what it looks like is, you know, you get those sometimes, the Chinese knockoff cars. Oh, like yeah, 10 yeah. years ago okay, where yeah, they yeah. were sort of building something that looked... Mm-hmm. It just looks a bit like that. It just doesn't look... It like It's like someone said, this is what a Mini is. And they went, oh, okay, we can build something that looks like that. Yeah. Like, well... Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'll cross that off my list. Another bit of car news, which is not really car news, it's just me speculating. Right. The Toyota GR86. Yep. We were told... Oh, we're back on this, are we? Well, only the only interesting thing, it's a very quick comment, it was only going to be made for two years because the emission standards meant it wasn't going to be able to be produced. Okay. Like it wasn't going to be able to be sold in Europe after 2024. But because the European Union and the UK will follow whatever the emissions rules are here. Yeah. Uh, because they are being sort of corralled or it's being suggested to them from manufacturers, what do you want us to do? Do you want us to spend our money on Euro 7 emission diesel and petrol cars or do you want us to spend our money, keep developing EVs, and we'll sell the same cars we sell now, yeah. but you can't then give us harsher restrictions? And it seems the EU are sort of playing ball and saying, okay, yeah, we get it. You can't just spend a billion here and a billion here and still be in business. So it looks like Euro 7 won't be much stricter than Euro 6. And if that's the case, why couldn't we keep the GR86 for Whoa. Make another one of your pleas. Yeah, I will, yeah. Toyota keep selling it until 2030. I might be able to get one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think this has been covered a lot, so I don't want to spend too much time on it because I know there'll be some... It always gets outrage and then people Mm -hmm. make an argument for it, but we mentioned it before the podcast, so I want to bring it up. Mercedes EQE and EQS. (laughs) Mercedes are doing what we heard BMW were planning to do with like charging for heated seats. Yeah. They want to charge for additional power. Yeah. Now, since we were talking about this, I've thought about it. Mm. And this is going to stun a lot of people. I can sort of understand it. Yeah. What they if, just... if you're going to make, so for example, you know, every single car you can buy. So let's take, for example, an Audi A3. You can buy an Audi A3 and you can buy it with. Now, I'm not going to get this completely right, but you can buy it with three different engines mm-hmm. and 85 different trim levels in total. So you can make you can make a combination of whatever you like. But yeah, basically, have, there's three different engines. You could modes. have, for example, a two-litre diesel in SE spec. You could have a 1.5-litre petrol in S-line spec, yeah. for example. Or you can get an S3 or you can get an RS3. Yeah, and they'll have different... And you, so why variations not, of each one. When you're doing electric cars, why not make your car, make it as quick as possible, and then if that's how you want to do it, and it's all dependent on what I'm going to finish with, have three different levels that you can have. So, you know, you have the... I'm just spitballing ideas. So if you have the, the 200 horsepower, you yeah. have a 250 horsepower, and you have a 350 horsepower, and that's your EQS, your EQT, and your EQX. But the pricing structure would have to um, correlate. Yeah, yeah. So you pay more for the big with, horsepower. I, d- I don't think that's the worst idea in the world. No, well, this they do this currently with uh, they have um, the E sixty three, for example, and the E sixty three F. So if you yeah. want to spend more money, you get more power. Audi used to do this with the form of the Plus model, mm-hmm. RS six, RS six Plus, a little bit more power. You pay more, more money for it. <clears throat> the trouble I think with this, I is don't that, agree with that. What? 
with More having power. an RS6 and then an RS6 Plus. I well, do, I, it's a bit like when um, singers make an album oh, yeah. and then they do a repack where it's got yeah, like yeah. three extra songs on it. I don't agree with that. But if you're going to have one model and just charge to have the higher... So you could buy the basic one. Yeah. And then in the future, you could pay extra. You could pay a difference to yeah. then upgrade to have the next model, if you like. I think what we have to remember is with, for example, something like the RS6 Plus, the reason that a lot of those things end up is that they have options. And for you to add all the options on the standard one, you might as well just buy... So it's basically instead of giving you a standard oh, one yeah, no, and I then loads that. of tick yeah. boxes you can just say do you want this one with everything everything essentially ticked or not and you know people can make their mind up but yeah. i do take your point i think the issue here is though what has been the accepted way of doing this since basically time began is the first owner gets to decide yes. and then the second and third and fourth and fifth owner they sort of have to follow whatever that person did because it's locked in so yeah. if if you want to buy an audi s3 and you want to buy an Audi RS3, mm -hmm. well, which one are you shopping for? And it's yeah. down to your budget and everything else. And if you're the new car bar and you walk into the showroom and they say, look, if you're willing to have a look at the RS3, we'll do you a deal yeah. that will get you close to the S3. It's going to be more, and that person can then make a decision. And then on the used market, it goes along. Yeah. But in this case, what you've got is someone that says, I want to buy a Mercedes EQE. Okay, here is your car. Do you want to pay the extra £150 a month for to unlock all the performance and that first yeah. owner goes oh yeah i might as well do that because i mean i'm paying 900 pounds a month for the car yeah so you're just telling me it's a thousand and fifty which is reasonable on their end the trouble is in 10 years cars paid off someone buys it for 15 grand let's say mm -hmm. and mercedes still say well do you want all the power because it's a 1800 pounds a year it's like so you want more than 10 percent of the value of the vehicle well see i don't keep... agree with that i don't think I don't. I think it falls down on the monthly payments. I think yeah. if you were buying the car, then you could say. But what the other, the other, the flip side of that, I'd say you have to have. It's for people who are buying the car. Yeah. So once the car's paid off, it's paid off. That's it. That, yeah, yeah. That's but the then problem. what you, you could say is someone buys the basic level one, buys it, pays it off. Then when they sell it, someone's like, oh, actually, I could buy this the souped up super duper version with all the trim levels and stuff mm. actually i'm not too bothered about the, the trim levels because they for some reason don't care about the trim or yeah, the some interior people some people like the base ones as well yeah this bloke's selling a base one but i could buy that base one and then you could ring up mercedes and say hi i'd like to unlock the the power of this vehicle now like, okay that's seven thousand pounds to just unlock it and then just a one-time thing. yeah and then yeah. you can be like oh well, I'll, I'll i'm not bothered about what it looks like so i'm just going to buy that one yeah and it'll work out cheaper than buying the second hand super duper version yeah but if you're doing it on a monthly, it kind of falls down. Well, that's where Mercedes are locking this in, so it'll always be a subscription service, which to me... Which means you can have a load of second-hand cars that no one's ever going to buy. And, and I you can't sell. I think it's entirely naive, I have to say, from car manufacturers to go, well, the performance will be there, but we will be the ones that are able to unlock it. Like, yeah, because no one will ever be able to work it out. Yeah, have you ever met people who want to do things a bit cheaply? Because yeah. I have. And they will go to a garage and someone somewhere... Like, do you remember the the Mitsubishi Evos mm -hmm. years ago? I can't remember which, which model it was, and they said, oh, the ECU is locked, you can't tune it. Yeah. It's funny, a load of them have a 1,000 horsepower. So, <laughs> and so it, you know, the, like, there is a way. If there's a will, there's a way. And if, yeah. if you're saying someone, £150 a month, or Gary in his shed up in... We'll do it for 
500 quid. Yeah, he'll do it. Or even, he could charge you even more. He could say, like, look, I'll do it 1,500 quid. Yeah. But when you sell it, you can always advertise it as it's got the big, you know, and this is what people did this with, you know, satellite boxes back in the day, all that sort of stuff. Like, anything that can, that has the capability, someone will find a way. It's oh, there's always people that do it. Because the, the, um, the Pentagon's never been hacked, has it? No, exactly. There you no. Go. Yeah. And exactly. stuff like that. NASA's no. never been hacked into no, either. Not once. So, and, and no they tried. are the smartest people on the yeah. planet. So. No one ever even bothers to try. No. This is <laughs> this is why I think it's quite naive of these manufacturers, and it's why I'm not that upset because I just think they're going to be shown pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Like I liked BMW's line of, oh well, you know, it's great that you can have this heated seat because you only have to pay for it for the months you use it, and I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, I've met people that live in areas of the country where they get these sort of things used and go, I'm not paying the manufacturer. I'm not I'm not going to go and service it with the manufacturer. They yeah, find a precisely. good specialist and they'll go to that specialist forever and a day because the specialist charges them a reasonable amount of money and they know what they're talking about. Yeah. They don't go back to the dealer. This is like manufacturers thinking that those people don't exist. That is a large proportion of their used car buyer. Precisely. And up to now, the manufacturer could kind of say, well, we don't care about the used car buyer. We sell it to the new car buyer. Like, okay, good for you. Now you're trying to get business out of the used car buyer, though. And we're not yeah. talking about the second buyer where, you know, it's a Mercedes approved, used. Yeah, now we're talking third and fourth when yeah. some bloke's looking for it because he runs a, you know, two bit, two bob podcast that he wants to buy some yes. content yeah. for, for a YouTube <laughs> yeah. channel. Yeah. I know it seems really out there. Obviously. No, it's wild, it seems like it? a mad idea, but. I would like to see if there's going to be a YouTuber out there that will go, you know, as these cars get to three years old, their warranty's done. Goes well, you know, I'll do some good, make some content with it. I'll just un, I'll find a way of unlocking this. Yeah, maybe. Because like, I don't actually know what the manufacturer would do. Could they could try and sue them? I suppose. Yeah, but that what, might be why it don't go on YouTube. But there, there would certainly be people that it, could just do it. Even if they did sue them, what are they sue for? You bought a product which you own, which we made five yeah. years ago. And you've decided to do whatever you want with it within the laws of your country. We're yeah. suing you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, Short you know of putting I mean? like a, a box around the ECU that you can't access. Yeah, you'd have to get... you. The problem they would have is it's incompatible with the laws. You'd have to get countries to agree that people couldn't fiddle around with their cars. And what I know what they'll do, they'll attach it to a safety system. Yeah. And then they'll lobby governments and things. But the problem that they'll forget is that there is going to be people that say this is against for example right to repair which is a huge eu yeah, yeah. Um, push you know the right but to repair. it doesn't matter what they do because like i said unless they're going to employ all of the people that i'm talking about that are locked in bedrooms every hacker in the world yeah yeah people have hacked into nasa and yeah. they have hacked into the pentagon i'm sure they can hack into mercedes <laughs> <laughs> if they really want to if someone can hack into a satellite I'm sure they can probably they can probably figure their car out. Figure their way yeah. out into making their car a bit quicker. Um, last bit of news before we wrap this one up, Sam. The new Range Rover Sport has come out. You buy them on? Might as well. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen a picture of the back of it? Um, I've seen the 72 plate Range Rover. Is that the Range Rover? This that is I've the seen? Range Rover Sport. Okay, then no. I quite like, weirdly, just I quite like the back of the new Range Rover. I hated I, it when I first saw it, but I, I quite yeah. like it now. I've heard a few people who are a bit critical of it. And then I've, I, I saw one pass me yeah. the other day, obviously. And uh, as he motored past, I thought, yeah, it looks good. Yeah, well, I, I think it looks quite nice. But the new the thing is, they got the proportions all right. The, the, the thing on the um, new Sport. I, th- I might have a... If you struggle, I'll, I've got a picture of it I can show you. It's fine, I'm sure I'll find it. It 
what it does is it there's this huge area below the rear light and up to the wheel arch it there's just this area of painted sort of plastic and metal and it it creates a bit of an odd sort of heavy yeah so if you look at that area it looks really sort of just bulbous. yeah yeah it's not a good look it's a bit bizarre isn't it, it may well be one of those things that grows on you though it could be but it it's just so plain in that a bit like the defender I hated the, the new yeah. Defender when it first came out, but it's one of my favourite cars. <laughs> I know. It's bizarre, that one, isn't it? But then the Defender does. I could see how it grew on you, and I could see people would say this would grow. The problem is it just, it's just very plain. Yeah, it is. It's, it's what exaggerates it is it's the bit, the, the bit that bumps out, like you mm. said, the bulbous bit, just yeah. above the registration plate. If that was flat or just had some sort of detailing on it, I think yeah. it'd be fine. It so like, it's 99% there. It's like someone was styling it and they did all the front. They did the sides. And then they, they had to go the for lunch. Top, yeah, they did like the top half of the back. They got to the light and then they said, oh, someone, can someone finish this? And someone went, oh, I really don't know how to do this. I'll just draw a plain bumper and we'll attach that on and we'll be all right. The interiors looks like it stopped getting designed halfway through as well. Like yeah. the passenger side of the interiors just, just got nothing. Plain. Which is funny when you compare it to older Range Rovers. Where yeah, I th I think what's happening. There's nothing is... on your side apart from there's two. There's a split level glove box mm. and a bit of wood. Yeah, but it's not a lot. But it, br but breaks, it breaks it up, up rather yeah. than just being a whole panel. Yeah, I think manufacturers or stylists for them, or you know, the car designers. I think they may have fallen into the trap of simplicity. Yeah, clean look, clean lines, which look great on a piece of paper when you right, draw and it'll it win out. you. It'll win you design awards. Oh yeah, it will. But when you get into it, what it feels like for a consumer is this isn't very special. Because, yeah. it, like, Skoda is great at giving you a very basic straight line, you know, very, like, everything you need, nothing more, no fussiness, and will simplify it as much as possible. Yeah. And that is absolutely fantastic for a Skoda buyer because they go, well, but I But they've want... perfected that. Like, the Fabia is quite a nice car now. Yeah, they, yeah, they have. That's it. And you're right, the Fabia, they've, they've sort of gone and they've gone, well, we don't need to make it fussy. We don't need to make it the best car in the world. We need to make it so our buyers go, this huh. is everything I need. Yeah, and they have. Yeah, <laughs> but when you're, when you're up in the sort of 60, 70, 80,000 pound... Yeah, it's a whole different market, ball game, isn't it? Yeah. You just want extra bits. I, I do blame Tesla a little bit for this because people gone, people who bought Teslas for 100,000 pounds Yeah. Or 50, or 50 to 100, let's say, and they were very happy with just an iPad screen, a flat dash and a steering wheel. Which is fine. And Dacia. We can chuck Dacia in there as well, because they were very much the basic interior. Do you know what? Wait, but Dacia have been going the other way. They've dropped oh, yeah. all their basic ones. But I'm just, yeah, they, they, they brought they, it they in. They there. lit the match and walked away. Yeah. <laughs> the, the only thing they didn't have is they, they always had, like, buttoned radios, because it was all yeah. basic stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but, well, you know, Tesla came in with the, the, the sort of high-tech iPad. Yeah. Flat surfaces everywhere. Simplistic bit. And you think, oh, okay. From a futuristic point of view, great. Doesn't doesn't scream premium to me. No, it doesn't. And I think manufacturers are kind of. I say Mercedes are falling into the same track. They've gone, well, let's just make everything really smooth and curvy and screens. And you're like, okay, that's cool. Doesn't feel like a hundred grand though. Yeah, exactly. Because my iPad has all this functionality, and the what's the best iPad? A grand, twelve hundred quid. So I don't know, just maybe. A, Maybe just adding a little bit more in. I know that I know buttons and things like that can look a bit. No, I don't think so. Well, to, on the on the design paper because they have to protrude out of their clean lines. But yeah. actually, when once you put them in the car, yeah, it looks right. Yeah, yeah. it just it's it, not a hospital. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway, 
Yeah, so I just I saw the back of it and I thought I'll see what you reckon on that because I just I looked at it and I thought I've really liked the sports. I liked the L three twenty. I liked the one that replaced it. This one front's fine, sides fine. It just looks very heavy at the back, like because it's got that design of sort of very yeah. sort of just painted smooth area. I look at it and you think something just looks really heavy, you know, as if like there's just loads of weight there. But anyway, that's everything for the podcast, Sam. I was hoping to do a short one. Yeah. And it's not. No. <laughs> Standard. <laughs> so hopefully we'll we'll try and get a shorter update podcast in next, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, we are rapidly getting up to Christmas. I don't know when this podcast will come out because I've got to do our schedule. Yeah. So if Christmas has already happened, then I hope you had a nice Christmas. If it hasn't already happened... We hope you have a great Christmas fact, if we don't speak to you before. <laughs> let, me, let me just see if I... I'll tell you what, I will do my bit of advertising while you do that then. I we... think this will... Sorry, I... No, sorry I'm to jump ahead of you, Sam. I think this will be after Christmas. Okay. So I hope you Happy have New nice Year. Yeah. Or before. Is it between? I think, it's tw- I think this will come out on the 27th. Hope you had a great Christmas and we hope you have a very, very happy New Year. And also, as a quick New Year treat, for us from you because you're so devoted to us we are starting to put out and i assume we will have by then some more different sort of content on the youtube channel that's mm. you know for featuring miles's car which we're not going to talk about here we're going to say you've got to go over to the youtube to talk to find out about it but we would really appreciate it if you go and just check it out let us know your thoughts because obviously you guys are where we started you guys are where we continue to put a lot of our time um so if you could even show a little bit of love to the YouTube channel as well. That would vastly help with what we can do on the podcast. So It's a really valid point that people who listen to our podcast, you're kind of our original... Okay, we've had the website. You're the OGs. For... Yeah. Well, we've had the the website for quite a long time. Yeah. But the podcast, we, we have a smaller number of sort of constant listeners. And I know, because you can see in the analytics, that there's a basically we have little spikes of people, yeah. new people coming along, checking us out. But we seem to have that. We've almost, got the core group. Yeah, of the same number that just increases just that tiny bit each week. And we know we know all of you won't enjoy it, but if you guys like YouTube and you, yeah, you, you like that sort see of stuff, us, just you know, a... just come and check it out. You don't have to listen to all Miles's boring car guides if you don't want to, but you can watch <laughs> the stuff that's got both of us in it without me laughing at his new car and and whatever else we're going to yeah, have. And we're going to do some a, challenges and quiz on there. And there's the quiz. Yeah. Um. So yeah, come and check it out. Yeah. Other than that, happy New Year. Yeah. For the next few days. Yeah, no. Stay sensible, Christmas. everyone. Yeah. Party sensibly. Party sensibly. <laughs> Sam says it right this this minute as you're listening to this. There's no doubt he's passed out on a floor somewhere. And it's probably not his own. No, probably not. <laughs> Neighbours, probably. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> they don't know he's there. <laughs> it's in the attic. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next one. See ya. Bye.